So just about a month ago, um, we read 1 Timothy. In chapter 4, verse 13, it says that until Paul came, that he wanted Timothy to give heed or to give attention to three things. The public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. Now, those three words mean somewhat similar, but the reason why Paul put them in a list like that is because they're, they're three different things that, that are important for the, for the public gathering of the church. And, um, and so since we read 1 Timothy just about four weeks ago now, I wanted to read 2 Timothy fairly quickly so we didn't forget what we read just a few months ago since these books are so connected. Um, now, if you, if you were to ask yourself, what, does 2 Timothy, what is 2 Timothy about? What's the purpose of the letter? Many people would say something along the lines of, well, it's written because Paul's about to be left. Paul's about, I'm sorry, Paul's about to leave. And so he's writing to Timothy again to, to, to tighten up some loose strings and to ask him to bring his Bible and his coat and that sort of thing, which we'll see at the end of the chapter or end of the book. But I want you to focus on one specific thing here, okay? This is Timothy, who is younger. At the writing of the first Timothy, he, he may be somewhere around 30 years old. Um, but now, this is just a little bit later, but he's much more experienced in ministry than when, you know, when first Timothy was written. First Timothy seems to be a book that's written to a man who is just getting into it, just starting minister, ministry and, and just getting into how do I do this and that sort of thing. And so there's some very practical things. Second Timothy, well, let me just put it this way. I have now been preaching for um, nine years, and, and next month will be nine years. It's February 2009, because I was baptized February 2nd, 2009, I led my first devotional February 20th of 2009, and I started preaching, in full, like preaching full sermons at services uh, in, I, th- I believe it was March, late March 2009. So just about nine years. It takes about a year and a half for a preacher to start to figure out what he's doing. And then it takes a whole lifetime to actually get to where you're good at it. But in, a, in three years' time, which is the time that has elapsed from between 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Timothy has, has grown in his knowledge. He's grown in his ability. And so what we're about to read is not a, 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 pre, a preacher or a teacher teaching his apprentice. This is one preacher speaking to another preacher who's been in the trenches for a while and he knows what he's doing now, okay? So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy... My beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank my God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember my tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, And now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which was, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. All right. So real quick, before we get too deep into this, notice all the names that Paul mentions. Okay. 
let's just face it. When you get older and you see that life is not, you know, when you're my age and you're Timothy's age, you feel like you've got forever left. But when you get older and you start realizing that you don't have forever left, people start meaning more to you. Relationships start meaning more to you, right? And so notice all the times that he mentions relationships. Did Paul have a relationship, a friendship with, with Timothy's grandmother and mother? Probably. He probably, probably knew them at least. And, and he's going to mention a lot of other names. And also notice this. Verse number six, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us the spirit of not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. Notice this, this thing that Paul is encouraging him to do. To fan into flame the gift that was given to him. And just keep in mind that gift all through chapter one. All right, verse eight, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in sufferings for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our, our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he has given us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of, his, of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light, through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. What, what has been entrusted to him? This salvation, this, this ability, the grace and the uh, purpose, verse 9, that God gave him. When, when we became Christians, we got a grace, we got grace, we got forgiven, and we became the, the possessors of a purpose. And Paul is encouraging Timothy, number one, fan into flame that thing that God gave you. Now, we know he's talking about the miraculous. But in that is also the purpose that God gave him. Fan into flame the purpose that God gave you. I have this purpose that God has given me, and I know that he's going to... I know in whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. There's this dual kind of dual nature to the faithfulness of, of, of man in this chapter. Paul, and in this book, Paul says, I want you to fan into flame. That's an action. I want you to guard what has been given to you. But he also realizes that God has a place in this. That it's not just about our own obedience. It's about God's ability to keep us to where we can stay obedient. His providence that looks after us to make sure that we can stay obedient. All right, verse 13. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the deposit entrusted to you. There you go again. The Holy Spirit which, guard, which dwells in us, guard the deposit. God has a place in this and so do we. Verse 15. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are flagellous and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus. Okay, here's the problem. I can't pronounce this word a thousand, I've read it a thousand times. Onesiphorus, there we go. Can't ever get it the first time. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But 
When he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in sufferings as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who, who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working father, farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. He uses three illustrations. The soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. The soldier works not for his own good, but for the good of the person who enlisted him. The athlete works so that he can follow the rules. Right? So, so take this all into consideration. The the soldier is working not for his own good. The athlete is following the rules. And the farmer is receiving the first fruits. If we'll work for our own good, we will uh, follow the rules, follow the things set before us. We will receive the first fruits. That's what his illustration is saying. And so verse 6, it's hardworking father. Verse 7, uh, think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding and everything. Remember Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the world or sorry, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy. For if they have died with him, we will if we have died with him, we will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for, we cannot, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearer, hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have served, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection had already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold, and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the man, master of the house, ready for every good work. So you see the, see the illustration that started. There's this twofold nature to our faithfulness. Our ability to obey and God's ability to keep us safe and, keep, and guard us and protect us from our temptations. And then he goes into this, these illustrations. The, the soldier, the athlete, the farmer, the, the man here at the end. The, the, the house that is made with vessels for honorable and dishonorable. Everything has a purpose. And if we do our purpose, he's going to set us apart as holy. Useful for the master. Ready for every good work. 
Verse 22 of chapter 2. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. What happens when we think someone will never give up? Paul says, never give up on them. Stay away from their foolish babble, from their, from their quarrels, but they may just repent. All right, chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of the pleasures of lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. Remember what we talked about in Psalm 73 today, that that it's a slippery slope, that it's only a matter of time until it catches up with them. All right, chapter 3, verse 10. You, however, have followed my teachings, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, my sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who are desired to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God, is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and at his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears... They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. So he starts off with saying there's a two-nature, the twofold nature of our faithfulness, God's work and our work. He goes through and he tells him, here's... Here's what's going to happen if you do your work. 
You're going to get the thing that the farmer gets, the first fruits, the thing that the best part of the crop, we're going to get it. What's the best part of the crop? Eternity. We're going to have salvation for eternity. And then he transitions, he transitions to this part where he's telling Timothy, here's how you do this. Here's how you do your part so that God's part will be effective. See, the problem is, if we don't do our part, God's part, who is faithful, who's going to do his part, is useless. So, there again, just our not following him, our not working for him, not only puts us in danger, it wastes God's time. Alright, chapter 4, where we left off, verse 7. I fought the good fight. I've finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with the present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark. Bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus, I've, left, or I've sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I've left at Carpus, at, with Carpus at Troas. Also the books, and above all, the parchments. The parchments are his Bible, the scriptures. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first offense, no one came to stand by me, and all deserted me. May I not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that, though, or so that through the message might be faithfully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. There you go. Verse 16 through verse 18 is the reason why Tim- Timothy got this letter about this dual nature of faithfulness. It's not so that Paul could just write a book to uh, write a letter to his protege who he's never going to see again unless he gets there before it's too late. It's because Paul's been through it. Paul's saying, "Listen, you're probably going to be persecuted at some point. You just realize that if you keep your head on straight and you keep going forward, God's going to take care of the rest." This is not just a preacher writing to his protege. This is one who's been through the problem and he's writing to someone who he knows is going to go through the problem. Here's how to fix it. Verse 19. Greet Prisca and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. There we go. Erastus remained at Corinth and I left Trophimus, who was ill, at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you as does Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. And that's the end of the book. We don't know if Timothy ever got there. We don't know what happened. I wish we did. But you see, Timothy, the two books to Timothy are similar, but they're different. The first book is written to just tell him how to get the work done. The second book is to say, listen, I know that it's getting tough. You're in the trenches You see problems coming. I know that they're coming. I know that what I'm going through, you're probably going to go through. Here's what you need to know, Timothy. 
If you do your part, God's going to do His part. Regardless of what everyone else does, regardless of all these other people, why does Paul keep mentioning all these names? Onesiphorus and, and Hermogenes and Philetus and all these other names. It's because Timothy knows these people. And he's using them as illustrations. Don't be like the people who left because they, they wanted to make it easy. You just stay the course. And God's going to protect you. And at the end, he says, God's going to protect me from every evil deed that comes my way and bring me into the heavenly kingdom. Sometimes bad is good. Every harmful deed, every evil deed has a purpose or else God wouldn't allow it to happen. What Paul says is, this may kill me. I, in fact, we know that he probably died in this imprisonment. And we don't know if Timothy got there before he died. This is probably going to kill me. But it's for my good. And I'm okay with that. And so that's Second Timothy. It's, um, it means something, uh, of course, to preachers who read it. Because it's, you know, it's, kind of, it's kind of the... the the father of preachers writing to a younger preacher who may be just a few years older than me and, and writing about these things. But, but it also says something to everyone in that everyone has a place, everyone has a work in the church. And if we'll do our job, God will take care of the rest and make sure that what we're doing is not worthless. Every person gets to the point this morning, Psalm 73, everyone gets to the point where at some point they say, maybe what I'm doing is worthless. And what Paul tells Timothy is, it's not worthless. God is continuing his part. He will remain faithful. Whether or not we stay with him, he's going to be in the same place that he always has been. So if you need to become a Christian, we're going to stand and sing a psalm of encouragement for you. If you need to repent of sins or ask for encouragement, ask for prayers uh, from your fellow brothers and sisters, and please let us know that while we do that.